Let us help you discover the keys to success, the keys to success in your internet marketing. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Marketing Nirvana, presented by CertifiedKnowledge.org, CertifiedKnowledge.org. Overcome the trials and tribulations of the past and let Marketing Nirvana revolutionize your revenue stream and ROI. Prepare to experience Marketing Nirvana right now. Here are your hosts. Hello, listeners. Welcome to Marketing Nirvana. I'm your host, Brad Geddes, the founder of Certified Knowledge, and we're a marketing training and toolset company. Now, on this show, investigate various ways in which your marketing efforts can reach a state of Nirvana. You can find show notes and other information about our guests on certifiedknowledge.org. Now, a friend uh, to many of us in the PBC world, uh, David Satella, recently started a new agency called FMB Media. So I thought this would be a great opportunity to do a show on starting agencies, thinking through pricing models, and other items to consider for your agency. And for those who, who don't know David, uh, David Satella is the owner and CEO of the recently launched PPC ad agency, FMB Media. He's the author of two books on PPC. He's a frequent speaker at a lot of conferences, um, and he's a former owner of Clicks Marketing. So welcome, David, and thanks for being on the show. Thank you, Brad. I appreciate your inviting me. Ah, it's always always a pleasure. You know, so you recently started an agency, and you know, when you first start an agency, the things you've everyone's got to kind of consider are you know names, infrastructure, maybe some back end technology systems, so forth. But I always think of companies from a product standpoint. I'm a product person at heart, and of course, from your product standpoint. You know, it's advertising with paid search on Google, Bing, Twitter, Facebook, so forth. But the second half of product, of course, is pricing. And so when you were starting the, this agency, you know, what pricing model did you settle on? Well, we started on a paper performance model, one where we're actually paid according to our own performance. So with a B2C company, that's typically uh, a percentage of the profit we generate. So the simple formula might be, uh, the revenue that we generate minus the direct advertising costs, and then we take a percentage of that. And then uh, typically with a B2B company, we'll take a value per lead. And um, that uh, that's the model we use to Clicks Marketing. And I love the model. Clients love the model. And uh, we're, we're taking off with that one. So, you know, one of the, the biggest disadvantages, I suppose, of that model is – transparency of the client's information right do you sometimes have issues with finding someone who um who will be transparent enough for the information that you'd work with them on that model well um there there are several advantages to the model and one of them is uh, close collaboration with the client uh they love the model they they've completely recognized that uh, they will get rich and then as a byproduct we will make a lot of money so they tend to be much more cooperative and much more collaborative. And in the case of transparency, uh, we, we, always put in a, we always count on two different uh, measurement methods. One is the, employ- uh, the client's own data uh, that um, they supply us with uh, regularly or at least at the end of the month. And then we'll set up uh, Google Analytics or some other analytics tool to track uh, revenue data or lead data as well. So we've got co- a couple of checks and uh, as I said, the uh, the client is uh, very forthcoming about 
making sure that we have the data we need to uh, do our day-to-day job and figure our compensation. So do you only take on people with established numbers then, or do you take on even new advertisers who don't have much data for those kind of accounts? We, we prefer to take on clients with data, but uh, when we see a really nice opportunity uh, opportunity with a what we feel is a good upside t- potential for both the client and for us, uh, we'll take on the client. Uh, we'll usually charge, since there's no history, we'll usually charge a, a, a base fee, a base monthly fee, and it's recognized between us that uh, that's equivalent to what in sales is called a non-recoverable draw. So picture a, a brand new salesperson uh, hasn't gotten up to speed, hasn't filled the pipeline yet, but they need money to live on. So uh, the the employer will often pay a base salary uh, that will become commission only once commissions exceed that base salary. So with a new with a client yep. with a new business, we might do the same thing. We might say. Uh, pay us X thousand dollars a month. Uh, we will agree to use this compensation formula, and we both feel that uh, within X months, the compensation under that formula will exceed the pace and will be essentially on commission only. So, you know, with the model like that, conversion rates really, really matter. So, do you make landing pages, or do you ensure that clients will will test their pages? Yeah, like I said earlier, um, there tends to be really good collaboration under this model, and we get everything out on the table as as one should during the sales cycle. And one of the things that we're politely adamant about is that they cooperate with us when we make suggestions for uh, designing, uh, testing landing pages, and even designing and testing uh, shopping processes or contact forms. So uh, we we basically make them promise or as i said politely insist that they uh they collaborate with us when it comes to anything that has to do with improving conversion rates so you know when you look at the ppc world the 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 three most common types of billing right are the one you mentioned a performance-based model you have a percentage of media spend and then you just have straight monthly retainer rates and and when you look at say the companies you work with do you find that there are certain company types, maybe even really big ones like a Walmart or Target, are more resistant to a model like that over straight media spend? Or have you found that pretty much everyone's willing to work with that kind of a model? Yeah, it's funny you mention that because we have run into clients that are – and they tend to be the larger ones who say, you know, I don't want to mess with uh, profit. I don't – you know, I, I'm, I'm tasked on uh, spending my budget and uh, let's just go with a straight percentage of media spend. And uh, okay. if, that, if, if that's a considerable amount, we'd be stupid to turn it away, right? Yep, but that's that's usually what I find is a large of the companies that's not they're not quite willing to do some of that. So, so then the the second question, right, is who takes the media spend risk? In other words, do you use your credit cards in the accounts? Do you let the clients put their credit cards in the accounts? I mean, who's taking the financial risk over the actual clicks? Uh, typically, that's the client. The client paying uh, direct media costs to Google, Bing, or whatever channel we're using. Okay, so because this gets into, and just so I guess all the listeners know, usually 
when you look at account ownership from, say, Google or Bing standpoint, it's who pays. So if the agency is paying Google, then the client can't get their account from you if you don't want it. Where if the company is paying Google, then they can get the account back from the agency. So then the, the question you real often comes into is if the client's paying for clicks, and you do often all this upfront work, right, with right. with pay performance or any model, you have a lot of upfront work. Do you charge setup fees or do you have minimum contracts? How do you keep it so someone doesn't go to you and say, hey, this is great, I love it. You spend all this time in month one and two getting everything working, and then they say, all right, thank you very much, and they leave. I mean, how do you, how do you mitigate that risk? Well, first of all, we do charge setup fees, especially if there's considerable work up front. Uh, for example, if it is a new business and uh, we need to build campaigns from scratch. Uh, so there is that setup fee. And I think in almost every case, we charge a setup fee. Uh, as far as mitigating risk and ownership of the account, uh, our ad- attitude is we're building the account on, on the behalf of the, uh, of the business uh, of our client and that and they're paying direct uh, media costs so that they own the account. Now, I recognize that that's a risk. Uh, we've got a contract with them that hopefully is a long-term contract, but it has out clauses. And, um, you know, it, 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 it is a risk, but the whole model is a shared risk and reward model. So uh, it's actually it actually turns into a good uh, negotiation chip to be able to say, hey, look, we're, we're taking a gamble on you guys. Um, and uh, to some extent, you're taking a gamble on us, but we're also uh, gambling that we'll, we'll win together and, and we'll both make a lot of money, and especially when you've got solid references who can say, yeah, they were dependable, they were good communicators, uh, they got the results that we wanted, and then some, um, it tends to help minimize that risk. Okay, actually, one last question on this pricing model, and then we're going to move on a little bit. So um, when someone comes to you who has established data, do you benchmark where they are right then and only take a percentage of increased conversions, even though you're kind of working on established ones, or do you do it for all conversions and all revenue from the account? Well, we try to do it on all revenue from the account. Um, the... the uh, Rationale is, number one, uh, that will give us an incentive to improve what they've already done. Uh, Number two, if um, they were paying percentage of media spend to another agency, a big agency or even a small agency, uh, it would be on the total media spend, not just the percentage or or the proportion that is incremental to what they've been paying in the past. That makes sense. So so you've got a product, right? You've got your pricing models and your execution strategies and so forth. But of course, models don't mean anything with zero clients. So the, the question is, then how do you find or are effective methods for finding and recruiting clients? Well, uh, for a small agency, um, a startup, uh, I think it's uh, very worthwhile to, to start at the low cost of sales side of the uh, sales process. So um, I would encourage people to first tap their personal network, uh, reach out to uh, the people that they know, whether they're other agencies or individuals or consultants or PPC managers, and say, we're open for business and we'll pay a referral fee for anybody that you, any, anybody you refer to us that becomes a client. Um, you and I both know that uh, speaking at trade shows is a great way to get clients um, 
if we do our job right, we do a good job speaking, we frequently meet people after the presentation that uh, become clients. Um, so I, I, I would suggest for any uh, bootstrapping agency that they start with uh, uh, no-cost to uh, low-cost prospecting methods first. Okay, that makes sense. So it was interesting. Yesterday I was actually being interviewed uh, about this very question, and someone just was – a set of questions they had was on a 1 to 10 scale, how do you find – each method effective for getting clients. Do you mind if we go through these just off the cuff real quick? Just no one to ten number sure. responses. All right. Sure. Webinars. Ten is the best, one's the worst. How do you find uh, webinars for getting clients? I'd, I'd give that an eight. Okay. Blogging? Um, six. Twitter? Seven. LinkedIn? Let's see. So that would be uh, someone stumbling across my profile or the business's profile? Sure. Uh, I'd give it a four. Okay, LinkedIn, with, you're doing active outreach. Um, nine. Okay. Um, speaking at conferences? Uh, nine and a half. <laughs> nine and a half. Um, <laughs> writing articles for publications like Search Engine Land, Search Engine Watch, so forth. Well, you know, now that we've gotten to this point, uh, I, I'm remembering how I used to answer this question, and that is um, it. It, it's tough to assign a, a separate, discrete value to each one of these tactics because really they're, they're uh, synergistic. So um, if someone says to me, did you get any clients from that speaking at that conference? I might say, well, sure I did, but they also had read my book and they also had uh, heard me on Brad Geddes' great uh, Webmaster Radio show. So, uh, yeah, I mean – all of the tactics are good. I think the, the numbers that we're, we're assigning them are more weight in, uh, in the synergy that, that I'm talking about. So what, was the, what? what was the last tactic? Um, um, it doesn't matter, actually, because okay. that was the actual statement I made yesterday. Oh, was, great. you know what, Twitter and a silo, I find like a three or a four. Um, blogging, I do find like a five or a six. Speaking is like an eight or a nine. But I find Twitter with a book out all of a sudden becomes a seven. Right. Yep. And, and I think that was one of the things. It's no one channel matters. It's kind of like, you know, the the rising tide. All ships go by the rising tide. Right. Um, and, and there's and, and what another one that should be included on the list is word of mouth. In other words, uh, frequently getting leads, people contacting uh, me out of the blue and just saying, um, I've heard of you or so and so told me that you would be uh, a good fit for my company. Yep. And this is why I really think it's not just one channel, right? It's it's a little bit of a lot of channels I think is is more effective personally. Sure. And um, let's let's uh, let's not fail to mention that uh, great institution that uh, you're a proud member of which is Market Motive. That's yep, that that does quite a bit as well. That's right. Um all right, so let's do this. Let's take a break and then we'll we'll return and talk about retaining clients that you have. Sounds good. More Marketing Nirvana after we thank our sponsors. Oh yeah, my day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. 
Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Johnson, what's this mantis I keep hearing about? Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS. Text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm. Sounds expensive. Actually, I sign us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is authoritylabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Injecting new life into your internet marketing. Welcome back to Marketing Nirvana, presented by CertifiedKnowledge.org, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. So we're back talking with uh, David Satella on starting agencies, and we've been getting into client recruitment recently. But now, once you've got clients, of course, the, the big number is how long do they stay a client, right? Lifetime is our best option, of course. But so what do you find are the most efficient ways of keeping clients you have? Well, number one is definitely uh, keep producing results. And um, we tend to have a, a very high client retention rate uh, because starting uh, relatively quickly, because uh, as, as I'm sure you would say, uh, I've, I've never seen an AdWords account that didn't have uh, upside potential that ranged from significant to tremendous so uh, frequently, it's possible to get uh, results, improved results, uh, pretty quickly within the first or second month. Uh, but then, yes, as you can see with this model, uh, we are hyper motivated at all times to keep the the needle pushing north. So um, that's that's why we tend to, to retain clients well because we're we're constantly getting results and and increasingly better results. Um, the next factor I would think is uh, communication. Uh, you know, I think more clients are lost by lack of or poor communication. And um, it, it doesn't need to take a lot of time. Uh, there are some gotchas that you have to watch out for. But in general, uh, I like to crystallize the goal as uh, every client should feel that we're their, we, they are our only client. In other words, I, I love to hear them say, you know, do you guys have any other clients? Because you're always all over us. Uh, so that's the second biggest factor, and I guess uh, reporting would be the third. Um, and reporting, I would, I would, uh, for when I say reporting, I would, I would include the kind of standard month-end reports or more frequent reports that the client uh, wants them, but also just uh, keeping them uh, in in keeping in touch about um, milestones that are reached or 
data blips that are significant. Uh, I love sending a, a an email to a client that says, just wanted to let you know that uh, over this past week, uh, conversions have doubled compared to the same period uh, last month, that kind of thing. Yep. Now, in fact, I was working, I think it was last year, with, with two agencies and one was doing amazing but couldn't keep their clients and the other one was doing terrible but wasn't losing any and the reason was communication it was it was not always results a lot of it was also about just will you talk to them and and this kind of segues into the next question right is how do you make sure clients respect your time, right? So if someone's only giving you, you know, $5,000 a month, you're not going to spend 100 hours a week on them. So how do you set boundaries for that client communication or reporting um, when a client wants, in, in some aspects, too much from you? Well, um, you know, the key to customer satisfaction of any kind is setting expectations and then meeting those expectations. So that's why we, we make sure to uh, include in the contract, in our discussions and in the contract, um, very, very specific language about what they can expect uh, regarding frequency of communication. And uh, w- with, with an opening that says, we're, we're happy to communicate more if you need it, uh, you're just going to have to pay extra for it under this hourly rate. So you put it right into the contract itself? Yes, that's interesting. Sure. And, and so it's, what it's, do you, you know, during, during, the, uh, during the selling phase of the relationship, um, clients, both sides, are actually very uh, much more amenable to um, discuss touchy topics and to um, reflect future resolution of those uh, touch points into the contract. Um, and, you know, that, that's the way you avoid conflicts in the future. Perfect. Perfect. So, okay, you've got a client, you know, you need to communicate and give them reports to, to retain them. And then it comes down to execution work. And, you know, I see some people who they log into an account each day, they're not sure what they're going to do that day, and they just start looking for things to go fix or do. I see others who have very strict project management systems. And on Mondays, we do this and Tuesdays, we do this and so forth. And, and they've got uh, something laid out. And then, of course, in reality, most people kind of fall in the middle. You know, when you think of your execution strategy, do you have repeatable processes? Are you doing, you know, audits on a weekly basis to see what fix? How do you how do you keep getting results week over week and month over month without repeating yourself? Yeah, uh, we, we, we have repeatable processes. In other words, uh, uh, there we have a plan at the beginning of the engagement. Uh, it's a week by week plan. Um, it's subject to modification depending on what the client uh, feels and what we feel and what the results are. But we have a starting point, which is a week-to-week plan. And uh, that's usually taking us out to the second month or so when we kick into the optimization plan, which is uh, day-to-day, week-to-week tasks that are intended to uh, keep keeping improving results of the campaigns. Now, how strict do you get on those? I mean, do you say things like every other Tuesday, we're going to test ads, and every other Wednesday, we're going to test landing pages, and every Thursday, we're going to add negative keywords and negative placements? I mean, how specific do you get with those? Um, pretty specific, although the timing might be different. Um, you know, every, every account has its own velocity. In other words, the number of impressions, clicks, and conversions that are coming in over time. So a low-velocity low account 
uh, might need these checkup tasks, but might need them less frequently. So yeah, we're, we're pretty pretty diligent about what gets done, uh, and the variable is when it gets done. Yeah, excellent. So you know, once once you start getting clients and keeping them, and recurring revenues happen, the one of the the biggest milestones, but also one of the biggest headaches, is the day you realize you just have to hire someone else. So most people, they think of it two ways, right? They can kind of contract for some overflow work until they really need another FTE, a full-time employee. Others just go and hire someone. Which way do you kind of lean when you're, you're at the point you need someone else in-house to start working and growing? Well, um, you know, I'm kind of a, a, a prudent entrepreneur in that uh, I don't take on fixed costs until – uh, they are unquestionably affordable, and um, I can can feel very, very confident that they will be for, uh, affordable going forward. So because of that, I tend to bring in contractors to start and, uh, you know, treat them like employees in many ways uh, as far as frequency of communication and inclusion in uh, email discussions and phone discussions, um, okay. but without the fixed expense. Yep, that makes that makes a lot of sense for a more pragmatic or bootstrapped company as opposed to a funded one. Um, That's right. All right, let's take um, one more break, and then we'll return and talk about some of the the favorite parts and hardest parts of running an agency. Sounds good. More marketing nirvana after we thank our sponsors. Time now for another exciting episode of Face of Analytics. Brought to you by AnalyticsSEO.com. In our last adventure, our hero was fending off his evil nemesis, Rhino the <laughs> Algorithm. That ruthless rhino has updated the algorithm again, and our website is falling down the rankings fast. Have no fear. Use our automated SEO tool to stay updated and to monitor your site with detailed reports. Or use our multi-site project management tool to manage all of your sites to stay on top. Take it from our fearless friend and be your own SEO hero with AnalyticsSEO.com. If you're constantly struggling to find more customers, revenue, or hours in the day, Infusionsoft can help you have the business you've always wanted. For over 10 years, Infusionsoft has been helping business owners just like you find the financial freedom and peace of mind you've been searching for. I'm Scott Martineau, co-founder of Infusionsoft. If you're struggling to find more customers, more revenue, or more hours in the day, Infusionsoft is the proven solution you're looking for. Infusionsoft, the only all-in-one sales and marketing software created specifically for small businesses. Learn more at www.infusionsoft.com slash radio. Aim clear. This is how you sell with social. Have you tried to do CPA conversions using social PPC and failed? <laughs> You're not alone. These days, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube require true specialists to dominate. <laughs> Aim clear. The agency brings definitive psychographic targeting, bleeding edge creative, and killer content amplification to the social advertising table. Aim clear. This is how you sell with social. Aim clear. This is how you sell with social. Injecting new life into your internet marketing. Welcome back to Marketing Nirvana, presented by CertifiedKnowledge.org, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. 
So we're back with David Satawa talking uh, about agency life. And so, you know, a lot of people have not run agencies, or they've only been a component of one. You know, when you think of your overall agency, what do you find is the hardest part to running one? Boy, the hardest part. I mean, I always go to HR and paperwork personally. I hate the finance part of it. I want to go work in accounts, right? I don't want to go spend all day in my accounting system right, personally. Right. Um, what do you find is your hardest part? Uh, <laughs> this is going to sound like one of those typical uh, job interview responses, but the hardest part for me is, uh, because I love it so much, uh, putting it aside and uh, knocking off at a reasonable hour and spending time with my family and... Uh, limiting the weekend hours that I, that I work. Okay. You know, I, I don't balance. Find, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm really serious. I, I, you know, even the accounting part and the financial part is fine for me because I don't do it myself. Um, I've got a, a great person handling, uh, finances of all types. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm basically not doing the things that I might hate and doing all the things I love. Yeah. But even if you got someone doing finances, like I do as well, you still got to look over them. But, yeah. um, so, um, what's your favorite part of running agency? Um, I love the, the growth. I love the, the milestones that indicate growth. Um, I love uh, more than anything, having happy clients who say, and, and I'm sure you've had this, uh, statement as well, uh, who say to you, you know, my God, you're transforming my business. I've got to hire more people. I've got to move into bigger facilities uh, you know, this is all working exactly or better than I thought it would. Yeah, I would agree. I, I love when I love watching companies become successful or more successful. And so, you know, as agencies, sometimes you get to be part of it. Sometimes we just kind of, you know, give them the, a push in the correct direction. But um, fantastic. So if someone wanted to start their agency, what advice would you give them to like, here's your overall things to either really think about or do um to, to get yourself going in a positive direction? Well, um, frequently or typically, the person who starts an agency is someone who has expertise in the subject matter, let's say PPC campaign management, and uh, they have uh, uh, established themselves as a credible consultant, and uh, they figure they're going to parlay that into uh, an entity that uh, you know, makes them more money. And um, my, my advice is to be brutally honest to themselves about the fact that uh, what they're really doing is cutting down the amount of time they're going to be able to devote to what they love doing and uh, picking up tasks that they might not love doing, like accounting uh, or even yeah. sales. You know, I find that uh, consultants uh, typically uh, or, or often do not like sales and uh, find it a struggle to uh, prioritize their time between actually doing the hands-on work and getting on the phone or sending emails to try to bring in new clients. No, that's that's a very that's very fair. Um, so, any last parting words of wisdom? We're almost out of time. Yeah, um, what's your bottom line? Uh, make sure make sure there's cash flow and revenue. Um, if if you don't like it yourself, do it. Get someone else that does. Uh, because uh, especially, you know, reflect on my, my previous answer, uh, a lot of uh, people that get into the agency life because they love the practice uh, tend to take their eye off the ball and just, you know, love being able to do more and more and more 
and don't realize that they're falling behind in uh, revenue and cash flow. Now that's that's very fair, very fair. Well, hey, David, this was fantastic. So if um, people want to look you up uh, online or find you places, where can we find you? Um, first of all, uh, I welcome any emails at david at fmbmedia.com, and that's uh, frankmarybruce.media.com. And then, of course, they can go to my website, which is fmbmedia.com. And hopefully see me at um, one of the upcoming search industry conferences uh, over the next year. Excellent. Uh, Thanks so much, Dave. This has been wonderful. Well, I'm glad you think so, Brad. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate the opportunity to to, to, uh, talk with your audience. Oh, it's always great. And and thank you, listeners, for joining us for another episode of Mark Nirvana. As a reminder, show notes and other information about our guests can be found on certifiedknowledge.org. New episodes can be found on Mondays at noon Eastern at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find the archives of past episodes at webmasterradio.fm, Stitcher, iTunes, Webmaster Radio, um, iPhone app, or Google Play. All right. Thank you for listening. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.